welcome to the bird's eye view and today we're going to be previewing all six fixtures in blank game week 18 from jack's in-depth stats to robbie's wise words we aim to talk you through every single fixture and what players you should be considering ahead of game week 18 this is fpl this is blank game week 18 and this is the bird's eye view Welcome to episode five of the Bird's Eye View. Today, we're going to preview all six matches in blank game week 18. We're going to give a comprehensive review, give you all of the options from every single team. And then finally, give each game a bird scale fantasy football potential rating out of 10. Absolutely, so exciting! So this really is this really is the place to be, and we're going to start off with the the fixture of the round. It's Sheffield United Newcastle. The first one six o'clock on the twelfth of January. Uh, not really one for the the old neutral, but for our fancy footballers, Jack Reed, Statman, what have you got? Yeah, for no, us? absolutely. And just to highlight what Birdman said, this is the beauty of fantasy football. I would not be watching or even interested in this game if it wasn't for FPL, but. It, we have FPL, so this is what I've got for you. So Sheffield have the 18th worst expected goals against and actual goals against. They're actually averaging almost two goals conceded per game. They've conceded 29 goals. And even more interestingly, eight of those goals have been conceded in the final 15 minutes, showing that maybe Chris Wilder is struggling a little bit more to kind of shut up shop. And they're really seeming to lose their concentration near the end of the game. And obviously, they're the only team, I believe, yet to keep a clean sheet so far this season. Um, so that's going to be a really interesting one. What's your views on Sheffield assets, guys? I'm going to stay away from Sheffield assets completely unless I'm using them as a backup on my bench as the cheapest player possible. Probably Rian Brewster. Um, just to save me some money so I can improve the rest of my team. Otherwise, there will be no Sheffield United players in my side other than sitting on the bench, just in case COVID yeah. ruins yeah. some games. Yeah, I completely agree. Sheffield, you said it yourself, yet to keep a clean sheet yeah. this season. That is incredible. To be fair, if they're going to keep a clean sheet, it could be against Newcastle, mm. who are looking pretty average um, themselves. But, I mean... A madman would go anywhere near Sheffield United players. And like if Brewster, maybe, but I want free strikers. If I'm going to play my free hit, which I am this week, I want to have free strikers mm-hmm. playing. Therefore, I'm not going to look at Sheffield United, but there's a certain striker I could be looking at who will be playing for Absolutely. the Newcastle. Absolutely, mm-hmm. Birdman, you leave me so well on there. I think you've touched on it a little bit there where Newcastle actually one of the lowest scoring teams with the 18th worst goals expected. Only two teams are worse. But this is where the underlying stats come into play. Nine of their 18 goals, so half of their 18 goals, have come in the final 15 minutes of games, which really goes up against those Sheffield being really leaky at the back in the final 15 minutes. So definitely, they, even though they have a lower goals expected, You've got to keep an eye because of one man, which you guys will touch on. But defensively, Newcastle have managed so far three clean sheets. And this is partly due to Carl Darlow, who has managed 64 saves so far this season, meaning that he's the third highest for saves. What's your views then, Birdie, on Newcastle assets? 
I think I think that I'm considering two players. I think Darlow I'm not going to consider because he's five million. That's pretty pricey. I don't think he's going to make a lot of saves this week. He's up against Sheffield United, and they have been absolutely atrocious um, against Palace. Palace before that match in the last game week had kept one clean sheet all season, which was on the first day of the season. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go for Darlow because uh, he's five million. Um, he's not going to get a lot of saves. I think there's better options elsewhere. I think I'm considering two others. Yedlin, okay. who's back in the team, he was excellent. He's only 4.3 wow. million. So I'm definitely thinking uh, Yedlin at the back. Um, potentially uh, a Fabian Shah, because he's very good in that opposition box. I love a goal from defence. Um, priceless six points. And then obviously Callum Wilson up front. Uh, you have to consider him against Sheffield United. He's 6.5, so he's not lot of money. Yeah, I think Callum Wilson, what do you think, Robbie? I personally am actually looking at Carl Darlow, um, mainly because the goalkeepers that are playing this week, you have got quite a lot of expensive goalkeepers as the other alternatives. So, Martinez is also 5 million at the moment, De Gea is 5.3, Patricio 5.4, Pope 5.4, Lloris 5.6, Man City, we're waiting to see if Edison come back. So he's a 6.0. So in terms of, and Palace haven't, I don't think Palace have kept many clean sheets this season. I think they've only kept one, maybe maybe not any at all. So I won't be going for Guaita either. So in terms of a goalkeeper, I think Carl Darlow is one of the better options. If you, so We've talked about Sheffield United being leaky defensively. I'm going to read out some numbers to you. Zero 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 one two zero one zero zero one, and that isn't binary code for anything. That is the amount of goals that Sheffield United wow. have scored in their last ten matches. So there are plenty of zeros in there. I think there's a very good chance of a Newcastle clean sheet. So I think Darlow will be a safe pick compared to the other goalkeepers who are more expensive than him. I do want to add Play. one final point: is that we know Derby hold the record of the lowest points tally. Well, their one win in that season was at home to Newcastle. And Sheffield United (laughs) are home to Newcastle. Like, there's the devil in me, the Raspberry Ripple in me wants to just, you know, chuck in a Sheffield (laughs) United defender. I won't, (laughs) but the the, the Raspberry Ripple in me does. I'm too vanilla for that. So, overall, because of Newcastle defenders and Callum Wilson, we're giving... uh, it four out of ten Sheffield United Newcastle on the bird scale. It gets a four out of ten, and Wilson carries that four out of ten. I think completely. It's it's completely more. It's it. not Sheffield United Newcastle. It's Wilson gets a four out of ten. Yeah. Our next game we're going to preview is Wolves Everton. An intriguing affair. Can't really put my allegiance either way on who I think is going to win. Um, so, bit bit unsure. I need a bit of a hand and for that I need my stat man. Jack, what are we saying? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'm in a similar boat to you. This has the risk that comes with it could be an absolute firework display or it could be a snooze fest. But with regards to the stats, Everton so far have kept three clean sheets in their last five. And those three clean sheets are against Chelsea, Leicester, and Sheffield, the final one not being that surprising. But those Chelsea and Leicester teams probably would match up to Wolves and are actually probably better than Wolves moving forward. And Pickford saved so far 40 shots, which is actually only the 14th best, meaning that their chances are really being limited 
by a strong midfield and a strong backline. So what is your guys' views then? Let's start with the Birdman. What's your views on Everton assets? Everton, I'm not really sure on Everton. I think there are better options elsewhere in this blank game week. Um, if I was going to consider, I do like what you're talking about, the, the, the games where Everton have kept clean sheets. That Leicester one, I couldn't believe it, but it was so solid at the back, especially Mina. But Mina at 5.6, I'd consider, but I think he's too much money. be interesting to see if Holgate starts. Holgate is 4.8 million, so he's probably the cheapest way into that defence. But in all honesty, it doesn't really set me on fire, that defence. If I was going to go for anyone, it would be Ricarlison. I think Ricarlison's back. He's due a goal. There's just something in me that says Ricarlison is going to get something. I think his pace on the counter against Wolves, who like to come forward, I think uh, Ricarlison might be a nice differential um, to get you a few points in this free hit. I don't think many people will be going for him. Mm. Uh, so, I think maybe, yeah. maybe Mina, maybe Holgate, but I'm not really considering Everton. And how about you then, Robbo? I've been looking at uh, Everton. I was, I was only looking at Mason Holgate myself. But, uh, anyway, um, he started the last five games for Everton. So you'd like to think he's probably going to keep his place again. And like Birdie said, he's 4.8 million. So he's much cheaper than Yeri Mina. Um, and again, I, I don't think I'm going to get anyone else in. It doesn't look like Hammers is going to be back because he yeah. definitely adds a, that bit, a bit more creativity and makes the attacking options more appealing. But I'm not going to have Calvert-Lewin for the first time this season. I think there are better striking options this week that are far better value for money than him, because I feel like this is going to be quite a low-scoring game, so I'm not going to have an Everton attacker yeah. or midfielder. OK, that's really interesting. I, I would add in, for anyone that, that is a, a fan of Everton, they, they are the seventh-highest scorers so far this season with only six teams scoring more. But obviously they had a really strong start to the season goal-scoring-wise. And I feel like Ancelotti's maybe changed his tactics more recently to make them tighter at the back. But let's go on to Wolves then. So Wolves have the 13th worst defensive record. They've conceded 24 and 17. Um, they haven't kept a clean sheet in their last 10 Premier League games. Um, Patricio, who... I've always been very impressed with. Actually, this season has only saved 35 shots and conceded 24. So that makes him 15th uh, out of all the goalkeepers for saves made. And I, I think a huge part of this is Wilfred Bowley. He's been missing. Uh, he's, I think he's played one of the last six games and they've only had one win in their, their last seven games. So I guess looking at those Wolves defensive assets, we'll move on to the attackers. Are there any? I don't think Fabio Silva is ready for the Premier League yet. He's not looked like at all looked like scoring any of the games. Well, he scored the penalty a couple of weeks ago against Brighton, I think it was. But other than that, he's missed some big chances and he's looked like he doesn't look at all like look like he's ready. Um, the if you want to go full Raspberry Ripple, Bubblegum, whatever you want to call it, Ruben Neves took a penalty last week, which I think obviously. He's not going to score many goals, but it does add that little bit of extra incentive to put him in your team. He's only 5.2. He's got very low ownership at only 1.3. I know it might increase for the for the free hit, but I doubt it will go up much anyway. So, But in a way, I don't think I'm going to be going for any Wolves midfielders or attackers either. Hey, Robbie, um, Robbie. 
Size has looked an option from set pieces, but that's it. Robbie, question for you. Yes. What does my fake Christmas tree and Ruben Neves have in common? Neither are willing to go into the box. Hey! Uh, but actually, to add on to what hey. Robbie said, yeah, yeah, they are the 16th <laughs> worst for goals. They've only scored 18 so far this season. Their XG expected goals is even worse, which means it's not even like they're missing loads of key chances. They're just not really an option. So with that in mind, Birdman, what is your bird scale? The bird scale for this match, unsurprisingly, is, is two Ooh. out of ten because one, I can't call it. And two, it's two teams that have just fallen away a bit. You know, Everton were awful against West Ham after Jack said they'd qualify for the Champions League this season. <laughs> um, but if one thing I do say, I, I really, the only threat from Wolves is Neto. Yeah. I think he's, uh, he's definitely got something mm. about him. But I just, I just don't think I can go near him. I don't think I can. So two out of ten, there's better options elsewhere, which leads us nicely to our next fixture. Burnley versus Manchester United. Quarter past eight on the 12th of January is the third fixture that we're going to cover. Much more exciting fancy football fixture for us, isn't it, Jack? Absolutely, it, it is. But let's let's go straight into Burnley and Burnley's assets. So, going forward... It's grim reading. Burnley have only scored nine goals so far this season. Only Sheffield have scored less. However, I will quickly, in their defence, say they've played only 15 games or two less. But there's still five goals behind other people at the next highest scoring team. So don't expect much from them moving forward. And then, But defensively, it's a bit better. I'm not going to lie. They've got the ninth best expected goals against um, and only six teams have conceded less than them because they've so far conceded 20. So Rob Mann, what are you going to say about Burnley assets? I think going by what you said kind of sums it up nicely. I think going forwards there aren't particularly any good options going for um, Burnley at all. Um, you can sort of question whether United are consistent defensively. They haven't kept a ton of clean seats this season. But I think I'd, I'd still personally avoid, again, once again, there's a bit of a pattern here. I'd, I'm going to avoid Burnley midfielders and strikers. I could certainly see um, the thinking behind having a, maybe one defender. Um, so Eric Peters could be in, seeing as um, Taylor got injured the other week. So I think at 4.3, he could be a good option if you're thinking about just sort of countering the obvious result just in case it doesn't go in United's favour um, but I think Nick Pope is too expensive to be having in the team and I can't see anyone else in that team that I'd be having personally Yeah I'd agree with that I'd agree with that. if you look at strikers Chris Woods and uh, Ashley Barnes uh, 6.2 and 6 million respectively you're going to pick a 6.5 million Callum Wilson over them too aren't you you know you've got to play percentages um, Burnley have not scored against Manchester United at Turf Moor in the league since 2009. Wow. That's 11, no, oh 12 years. We're in 2021. <laughs> 12. Yeah. So, uh, that's, I think that's quite incredible. Um, and it leads me on nicely to Manchester United. Uh, I want to really keep a close eye on who they play in the League Cup and who they play in the FA Cup at left back because I want to get Luke Shaw in my team. Luke Shaw is 4.8 million. And also, but not just that, 
he's taken corners and set pieces, which I think is a big one. Everyone's expecting Bruno mm. to be taking it. He's not. Luke Shaw is on set pieces. A defender who's 4.8 million. And with Manchester United's away record this season, I think there's a lot of potential in United. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think just to highlight, some people think that there might be an upset because Burnley have become quite well known for being a resilient team. But so far against the big boys, at near the start of the season, they beat Arsenal 1-0, which was not that big of an upset. They're not big, but then they lost five nil to Man City, three nil to Chelsea, <laughs> one nil to Spurs, and lost four two to Leicester. So, with that in mind, I can't see as much of an upset coming. Um, but it's how big that upset's going to be because Burnley have conceded twenty goals, as I said. Nine of those twenty goals have come in the games against Man City and Leicester. So, forty five percent of the goals conceded has been in two out of fifteen games. But mm. you're not interested in Burnley mm. anymore, are we? Let's go into the exciting upsets. Man United no. are the second highest goal-scoring team this season of 33. And that's because they've amassed over 200 shots in their game so far. And actually, to throw even more in, they've right. had six pens so far. So they are receiving just under one penalty every three games, which is outrageous. So you'd bank on a Bruno pen in this fixture. What are your views going forward with United Assets? I think that, uh, well, Bruno, like you say, Bruno, it's very difficult to ignore Bruno Fernandes this week. Because Salah's not playing, your premium midfielders are not going to be Salah Romane. They're going to be Manchester City premium midfielders. They're going to be Son and they're going to be Bruno Fernandes. And I think you'd be be very brave and a little bit mad if you don't have Bruno Fernandes in your team this week. Uh, I think Rashford at 9.6 is a lot of money, but he... He could be he could be a lovely lovely transfer. Same with Pogba's a differential. You know, Pogba's just starting to get a bit of form. You know, he's 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 diving all over the shop, winning pens, and uh, and he he just looks a bit more invigorated. Manchester United are there to win a title. They're in a title race, which I cannot believe. Um, so maybe a reinvigorated Pogba. I don't think I'll go near Martial because personally, I think Martial is. It's like a Katy Perry song. Yeah. He's hot and he's cold. He's yes and he's no. He's in, he's out. So I'm not going to go for Martial. It screams Bruno Fernandes and it screams Luke Shaw dependent on that cup team. You must keep in mind the teams of the weekend. What do yeah. you think, Robbie? I would like to make a case in favour for Antonio and Tony Martial because over the last five game weeks, he's averaged over six points per game. So I think... He, but he is hot and cold. I think he could be on a hot streak at the moment because he's been getting a few points recently. Um, I'd also sort of reiterate with the Luke Shaw choice is to keep keep an eye on that cup team because obviously there is that rotation risk with Alex Tellez as well, who's also who's who is fit and is also a very good player. But I think I do like the shout because he is taking set pieces. It's just whether or not he will be starting. He has started the last few, and Tellez has been on the bench. Um, despite being fully fit, I think so. He's, but I'd, I'd certainly keep an eye on on that team, and I, I'd agree. If you don't already have Bruno Fernandes in your team, you're an idiot, <laughs> and you shouldn't be. Yeah, I think it. just to, just to really round this this one up before we go to the bird scale. Obviously, the risk with Shaw, Wambasaka, Maguire, any of them 
is that United are shakier at the back. They've conceded 24 goals, meaning that they're the 14th worst offensively. Um, they've kept four clean sheets, but strangely, these are against Wolves, Man City and Chelsea, which maybe suggests that they're maybe switching off against teams that are slightly less of a threat moving forward. So it only takes one cheeky corner and an Ashley Barn or Chris Wood's head to wipe out. So the question I have before we go to the bird scale is, are you guys going double or triple United this week? I personally, because of coronavirus, um, I think it is a risk to go uh, free free players this week. Um, so I think I'm going to go double. On the team I currently have, I am double on United, but that could change. It all depends on that cup team. and uh, But yeah. the, with look, with United away from home, there's a lot of goals there. There's a lot of goals to be had. Um, but you just Burnley's Burnley's a nasty <laughs> place to go. It is a nasty place to go. Even you know United's wins at Turf Moor, they've been mostly by one or two goals, one or two nils, and a few nil nils as well. So I'm going to give it an eight out of ten this match on the bird scale because yeah, there's there's points to be had in those Manchester United assets and definitely some captaincy choices in Bruno Fernandez. And maybe Robbie's Tony Martial. On to our four fixtures and into Wednesday, the 13th of January, six o'clock. It's Manchester City against Brighton. And that spells absolute fantasy football carnage, surely, at the Etihad. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think um, let's start with Brighton. Let's Should we just get them straight out of the way? Yeah. So Brighton have become known as an attacking side under Graham Potter. They call it Potterball. Uh, but they only rank 12 for 12 on goals scored with 21 scored in 17. Um, they've drawn three of their last four games. Uh, Morpai is their biggest threat, but most of their players are, have an expected goals of three or below. So moving attacking wise, that they're not great. Uh, they've managed three clean sheets, but defensively, they are very weak with 28 goals conceded in 17 games. They're not sure which keeper to choose. And their record against the big boys, just in case you guys are wondering if there will be an upset. They've lost to Chelsea. They lost to United, lost to Everton, lost to Spurs, drew a Liverpool thanks to some very questionable VAR decisions, lost to Southampton, lost to Le- Leicester, lost to pretend big boys Arsenal. So... Do we need to spend any more time discussing Brighton options? Absolutely not. So let's get on to the no. more exciting bit. Which is Man City, actually, attacking-wise, it's been underwhelming so far this season. They've got the 10th worst uh, for goals scored with 24, but they've played two less games. So 24 and 15 is not actually that bad. But they're not blowing teams away on nine of their 15 games. They've scored one or less, and we've become accustomed to a Pep Guardiola Man City that score five or six on a weekly basis. So with that in mind, attacking wise, what are you guys thinking? Is there a trap? I'm not sure with Man City. I think there will be a point where they just stick six past somebody. And I think the performance against Chelsea last week was very, very impressive. Um, De Bruyne playing in that false nine position is certainly something to keep an eye on again. Um, and I think this could be the week where they really go big and, and 
the floodgates start to open because Brighton have looked very leaky defensively. They were terrible against Wolves, who we know, well, defensively anyway, who we know, um, as, as Jack mentioned earlier in the show, aren't particularly good going forwards and haven't been this season and they conceded three against them. So I think this, what now that they've sort of sorted out the system, now when they don't know what's who's going to play up front because Aguero and Jesus have been out, they kind of found a system with De Bruyne in that false nine role. And I think this could be the week where we see a big old score from Manchester City. So I will be tripling up on them. There's a debate of whether it's going to be two defenders, one midfielder, or two midfielders, one defender. Um, but I'm, I'm certain I will be tripling up on Manchester yeah, City this week. I uh, think one of the key parts of this one in the build-up is Brighton's best player this season has been Bissouma. Yeah. And he is suspended for this yeah. match. He's the holding midfielder, um, oh, sort of the orchestrator, <laughs> and um, well, he's not there. So I think that this screams a Man City haul. Um, I think it's an absolute must-triple up. You know, the free hit, Free hits there to take risks. High risk, high reward. You want you yeah. use your free hit to get points on o, on other players. Uh, so it has to be a triple up, and because of that, I think it's got to be two midfielders or two midfielders attackers over two defenders. One on midfield attacker. I think that yeah. we've got to be careful with De Bruyne because with the Pep Roulette is not just in the starting lineup, it's what position the starting lineup are gonna play in because De Bruyne played as the false nine. But the last home game against Newcastle, he was very much a deep line playmaker. I was he was in my team, I was watching him. He wasn't getting anywhere near the box. So it really I think Sterling could be a really nice shout this week. I think that he's gonna be up there. I think Foden's performance against Chelsea was brilliant at six point two million that could be a massive differential. It could be a really good way to get big points, double-figure points. Um, however, with Pep Roulette, we have to see who they play in the FA Cup. I think that's going to be who. That's going to decide who I want to mm-hmm. go for. I definitely Cancelo at five point seven at the back. He's going to be camping in the final third, of Brighton. Uh, so I think he's definitely a shout. I guess that's, I'd have him over Diaz. I guess that's what I was going to add in just there, which is it, I'm going to counter what Birdie said. And I'm actually currently, my thoughts are around a Man City double in defence uh, because they have the best uh, record for goals against. They've only conceded 13 so far this season. And that includes a freak 5-2 defeat against Leicester, which is outrageous. Edison has kept seven clean sheets. Uh, Man City have 14 points in the last 18. They've had five clean sheets in their last six. So there's one person that I wanted to bring to the table. Zach Steffen. Robbie, what's your views on mm. Zach Steffen, I think, is certainly a very, very viable option. Um, it's one to keep an eye on with what happens with Edison, certainly. Because if Edison isn't playing, you've got a 4.4 million asset playing in a team that's kept six clean sheets in the last seven games. So I think he'll have to be in your team if there's any indication that he will be starting and it will save you one and a half million to improve other areas in your team um, and gives you a very good option going forward. So I think if he is, if there's any indication he's yeah, going to start. Absolutely. And Birdman, interestingly, you mentioned Cancelo there, which I think is a really good option. But any of the other Man City defenders, I think I briefly heard you mention Diaz, but are there any other Man City defenders that you're considering? 
I think Stones, if Stones doesn't play on the weekend, then maybe him. He's the cheapest. He's your cheapest way into that defence Yeah. at 5 million. Cancelo at 5.7, Diaz at 5.8. Stones is the cheapest way in there. Uh, but I don't think so. I want. I feel like against Brighton, you want players that are going to get... There's real chance of defensive attacking returns from the defenders. Uh, so that's why I think Cancelo, um, but that all depends on Walker. It depends on Walker to see if he's back from COVID. Uh, I'm going to counter what Robbie's saying about Stefan. I completely understand it, but I want three outfield players from City this week. And that is why this game of Manchester City Brighton at the Etihad is going to get a 10 out Ooh. of 10 on the bird scale. Potential Ooh. fantasy football rating, the bird scale. Gives it a 10 out of 10. In before COVID cancels it. (laughs) 9.9. Fixture number five. Aston Villa versus Spurs. Probably the most exciting fixture in this blank game week for me. Uh, Two teams that have Performed well this season, especially Villa. Jack, tell us more. Yeah, no, I think this has everything to be an absolute cracker of a game unless Mourinho does what he does and ruins it to get the points. (laughs) Um, I think let's start with Villa because I think this is a really crucial pick, I think, because it could go one of two ways. So defensively, Villa are actually really tight. They're the third best for goals against. We have 16 conceded, but they played 15, so two less than other teams. Um, they've actually only conceded three or more on two occasions, so they've not really had any big hammerings either. Um, but they are conceding about 10 shots a game. Um, so you just think against someone like Young Son Min or Harry Kane, is that going to get punished? So let, let's start defensively with Aston Villa. What are your guys' views on? Views on the Villa assets, uh, Joe I, Bird. I think that um, I think that's a really good point that you've just said. If you give Harry Kane and Hyungmin Son chances, they're going to score. It does not matter how good your goalkeeper is. Uh, you look at maybe Matty Kaskin and that beautiful delivery on the right foot of his uh, target of four point six million is a decent shout. I'm not going anywhere near. Tyrone Mings, I think he's extremely overrated for one, <laughs> and he's 5.4 million, so I'm not going to go near him. Martinez at 5 million, he could, he's going to make a lot of saves. There is one shout, um, so that's going to, that could rack up, but I'm not sure about Villa defensive options, but definitely there's some potential in the midfield. You've got Grealish, El Ghazi, mm. uh, Traore, that, that trio who promise a lot. Not probably not McGinn, he's playing a holding role, but definitely Grealish and El Ghazi. Absolutely, ones to look at. And that brings me on nicely. If I had a bow, I'd ring it because it's time <laughs> for Buddy. Do you want to say stats of the week? <laughs> so much love, and quite rightly so, for Leeds. They are a free scoring, fun side to watch. Do we all agree that? Yeah, I'm a bit bored there. Yeah. Every commentator called them refreshing, yeah. especially when they lose 3 0 to Spurs. But anyway, <laughs> rant over, carry so on. So, Jack's stat of the week is that Aston Villa, despite having played two games less than Leeds, have only scored one less than Leeds. 
They have scored Ooh. 29 goals in 15 games, meaning that they're averaging almost two goals a game and they have the third best expected goals, only behind Chelsea and Liverpool. This is if Ollie Watkins could finish his chances, they'd be probably the top scorers in the league. They are creating chance after chance. So they're, they're averaging as well. When we talk about those midfield options of El Ghazi and Grealish and maybe McGinn, they've had 74 shots outside of the box in 15 games. And I said about United reaching 200 shots, yeah? They've had 230 shots in 15 games. What, Villa? Villa have had 230 shots so far this season. They're averaging 15 shots a game and they've only managed to not score against Leeds and Burnley so far this season. So, Robbie, with that in mind, I've briefly touched on them. What about their attacking or midfield assets? Are you eyeing any of them up at this moment? I... I'm looking oh, at Ollie Watkins. He, I, I think it's unlikely I put him in my team, but two of his—he's had two—he's had three, sorry, double-figure hauls this season, and two of them have come against Arsenal and Liverpool. So, Spurs, another big side. So it makes you think: Would Ollie Watkins then have that extra little boost that he gets when he's been playing these bigger teams this season and find his shooting boots? Because he should have had about four the other week. And didn't score. So he's one to look out for, but I think I'm more likely to go Callum Wilson just because Sheffield United have been so bad this season and he's in the similar price range to Wally Watkins. I think he probably offers a better option. But if you've, once again, fancy some bubblegum, fancy some raspberry ripple <laughs> in your fantasy team, Ollie Watkins could be a shout. Especially because Tottenham have kept one clean sheet in their last five games. Yeah, so before we quickly move on to Tottenham, I think just to really back up what Robbie was saying, Villa against the big boys this year, they've beaten Liverpool, Leicester, Arsenal, Wolves, drawn with Chelsea. And that game against United could have gone either way with, well, it wasn't a penalty. And Ollie Watkins <laughs> could not hit the target to save his life. Um, and I also, I'm just going to throw in a name of a player that's currently in my free hit draft, is Anwar El Ghazi. And I'll explain why. So far... Tottenham Hotspurs have conceded four penalties this season. They've conceded four. And with El Ghazi on those penalties, with the amount of shots they're having from outside the box, he is the one that I'm looking at. But let's move on to Tottenham. So Spurs have scored 29, which is the same as Villa. Um, their, ex their expected goals is actually five lower. They've had 50 less shots than Villa. But why have they scored so many? Well, there's two key people to talk about there. So, Robbie, who am I? Who am I wanting to talk about? Well, the two people that I've had in the majority of the season. Um, you, you may have called me crazy for doubling up on the two of them, but boy, have they paid off for me! So, Harry Kane and Hyunmin Son, both with double-figure hauls at the weekend once again. I had the armband on Son as well, so I was absolutely loving life. And it shows the advantages of doubling or tripling up on sides. Um, these two have both been so dangerous. Um, it's, uh, they are so hard to look past for this game week once again because they are just so good and have been so consistent this season. Um, in terms of Villa defenders, I'm sorry, Spurs defenders, I, like I mentioned when I was talking about Ollie Watkins, they've only kept one clean sheet in their last five. So... They're, they have lacked a little bit of consistency, consistency defensively because they went through a spell of keeping three or four clean sheets in a row and then they go and, can, and concede four out of five games. So 
I think Aurier maybe at 5.2 because Doherty got sent off the other week. Could be a, a cheeky little shout. Um, and he's he does like to get forward when he plays. Um, and obviously, Jack Reed is doing so much attacking. Whether Tottenham aim for that right hand side because he, do, he he might not get back as much is it will be we'll have to wait and see. What do I you think? I think Bert? that there's. I don't think I'm going to consider Tottenham defenders um, for that reason. I mean, they did just keep a clean sheet against Leeds, but they're very lucky to keep a clean sheet against Leeds. Leeds had a number of good chances. They knocked on the door for the last twenty minutes. As a as an Eric Dyer owner, I was very happy about that, but. They were lucky, and I remember I was watching Wolves Spurs a few weeks ago, and I can see Spurs just just playing for that counter attacking football. And Villa have a lot of class, a lot of quality going forward. They're going to create chances. I think they're going to score goals. If I was going to consider anyone, it would be Ben Davis at four point six million. He's Mourinho's a massive fan of Ben Davis. You were just saying that you're Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> well, mark my words, Ben Davis, the best defensive option for Tottenham for this next game week. Uh, but I still, still don't think I'm going to go for him. I think Son and Kane, it's very risky to go without them this week. Very risky. Everyone who's playing their free hits is probably going to have Kane and Son in their team. Um, I do think we have to have a look at Hoiberg's fitness. He, you know, he limped off last night. He's a crucial mm. part of that defensive bust that Mourinho puts out. You know, Hoiberg's been so critical to their success this season. So if he's out, then definitely let's have a look at Villa players. And I think because of that, there's a lot of options, a lot of options in this match, uh, which was, does give a fancy football dilemma, but it does give fancy football potential. So this gets on the bird's tail. This gets an eight out of ten. Thursday, the 14th of January, will bring us the final match of Blank Game Week 18. And it's Arsenal hosting Crystal Palace. A lot of Arsenal options out there. They've just gathered a bit of form. What do we think, Jack Reed? Yeah, so Arsenal, uh, if you look at the stats as a whole over the season, they're, they're very, very underwhelming with 20 scored over 17 games and only 140 shots from open play compared to that's 90 less than Aston Villa, who had played two games less. So that wasn't as exciting. But since the start of December, they're, they're sixth for goals scored with 10 goals in seven games. Um, so they, I think they're starting to become a more exciting option. Uh, defensively, they've actually got the fourth least amount of goals conceded with 19. Um, they faced close to 200 shots during that time. So I think Leno has had a big role to play. But so... Arsenal are a really exciting, but also really worrying proposition. So, Birdie, what is your view on their assets? Well, the reason why I like this Arsenal side at the moment in terms of fantasy football is the value for money we've got. I've had Saka over the last few weeks and he's been fantastic both for Arsenal and for my fantasy football team I think Saka is he's taking corners but also he's just looking a class apart uh, that third that goal against West Brom um, when uh, Smith Rowe set him up that was beautiful and Smith Rowe's another one 4.4 million playing as a cam oh my word that is FPL value if I've ever seen it uh, so there's definitely money to be had there Lacassette 
Uh, was Robbie's differential, delicious differential a few weeks ago. He's looking like a different player, but we've got to remember that, you know, they've played West Brom and West Brom look absolutely dire. Uh, they cut them apart with ease. Um, so, look, I think Arsenal are a really good op- proposition this week against Palace. I think they're just starting to find their confidence. Tierney, that was, yeah monstrous performance in the last match you know you're going to get 100% from him so mm-hmm. I think yeah there's options out there there's value for money out there what do you think Robbie? Yeah so Tierney who you've mentioned um, since the start of December he's created the most chances out of any defender in the Premier League so it sort of wages a debate whether or not you go you could sort of put him in for Cancelo as well because he's he's cheaper than Cancelo his ownership is lower and he's creating a lot of chances. It's just whether or not you believe Arsenal will keep a clean sheet, whether whether more that whether or not that's more likely than City keeping a clean sheet against Brighton. Um, but then again, Cancelo is more of a rotation risk, so it sort of it sort of makes you think between those two. I'd be leaning towards Tierney personally from those stats. Um, you've mentioned Rob Holding. I'd also like to throw Pablo Mari in the mix as well. He's Started the last two or three games for Arsenal, played 90 minutes. He's slightly cheaper than Rob Holding. So if you want someone who's just playing in the Arsenal defence every week and fancy them to get get a clean sheet, I think Pablo Mari is certainly an option. And like Joe said, there's some fantastic value for money. Smith Rowe, 4.4 million. Pablo Mari, 4.4 million. Um, Tierney at 5.4 is good value for money, certainly. Uh, Rob Holding at 4.5 million. Saka around 5 million. So there's certainly some very good options potentially from this. Isn't Arsenal, isn't it outrageous, lads, that we're, we're talking about Arsenal and we have not mentioned once Aubameyang? Yeah. <laughs> and I've got yeah. a question for you, Birdie, before we move on to Palace. What price would Aubameyang have to be for you to consider taking Saka out for him? Uh, there's no price I'd consider. So if they were the same the price, way... you choose Saka. Hundred percent. Look at the way they're playing. Saka. Mm. I'd have Smith Rowe over Aubameyang. What a season! What so, a season it is. Mad, isn't it? But so, the, I guess the thing is, is we're a bit worried. I'm personally a bit worried about Arsenal moving forward. But Palace defensively have conceded the third most amount of goals this season. They've conceded twenty nine and seventeen, and their expected goals against is is twenty seven. So. They're pretty much conceding what they should be, which means they're giving up so many chances. And 10 of their 29 goals have come in the final 15 minutes against an energetic, passionate Arsenal side that could really come back come back to haunt them. What's your views on that, Robbie? Yeah, so like you mentioned, they've been very, very average or fairly, quite poor defensively Crystal Palace and I certainly don't have any of their players in my free hit at the moment. If I were to put any player in it would be the obvious one in Zaha but I think in terms of 7.4 million the options you could have this week I think there are better options out there than him. You want to be going for the premium midfielders this week because there are so many potential players you could have and um, so Mitchell at 3.9, given the fact he started last week, um, the last two weeks, sorry, is sort of adds, adds that little incentive to maybe have him on the bench just for that cheap value for money. And in case Palace do pull off a result, 
Um, but I'm certainly, I think I'm going to stay away. I think that uh, Crystal Palace, definitely a team to avoid. I don't think Zaha. Zaha hasn't played well, did not play well in the, in the, against Sheffield United. You thought that would be a banker for him. I will say one thing about Palace. Since Tomkins has come back, he's played the last two. They drew with Leicester one all. They beat Sheffield United 2-0. He was colossus in both games. Uh, Tomkins, and I think he's, he's definitely strengthen that defence up. So is Mitchell. He's a lot better defensively than Van Arnholt. Um, very, very proud to say that I uh, brought in Mitchell last week. 3.9 <laughs> million. What a shout from the bird. You know, that's why you should trust the bird scale because, you know, I just get it right. <laughs> just, just as simple as that. I get it right. And you haven't won a league <laughs> in the a few years. The holding shout a few weeks ago. Oh. I surprise myself sometimes. Uh, so, but no, I'm not going to go for Palace defenders. I'll probably have Mitchell on the bench because he's my man. Um, he's my boy. Mm. Um, but definitely nothing going forward. Even maybe Zaha, but I won't consider him. As Robbie says, there are better options elsewhere. You look at Zaha's price of 7.4, Grealish is 7.7. I'd have Grealish any day of the week above Zaha. So, but with because of Arsenal's dif- uh, differentials and their value for money, this game has a lot of potential for points. Uh, they they just called four mm. just called four against uh, West Brom. Uh, it's going to get an eight out of ten on the bird scale, fancy football potential, and that rounds up our six games that we previewed in some length. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed that. Uh, now we're going to mm. go into any considerations we need to take into account ahead of blank game week 18 it is a scary time of the year with covid i mean double the most covid cases confirmed in the last round of testing at 40 we saw mccarthy was ruled out at the last minute we saw the the bernie fulham game go do you think covid is going to hit is going to affect us and should that should we consider that when doubling or tripling up on teams? What do you think, Jack? You, I mean, you absolutely have to. You absolutely have to. We're, we're getting burned on a weekly basis. I mentioned this this last week, people talking about luck, but it, it's not luck. It's careful planning around a pandemic where it's clear that fixtures can be cancelled. I mean, we've just hit a record for the league of 40 confirmed coronavirus cases. I think uh, my, my personal view is that... It's getting riskier and riskier carrying on with the league. But from a fantasy football perspective, it's just, I just don't think right now you should be looking to be tripling up on any team, bar maybe Man City, because they're so, it's such a juicy fixture. What's your views on that, Robbo? I think if certainly going forwards in the long term, tripling up is not the way to be going. I think this is the sort of week you can risk doing it, but it reiterates what we've been saying for two or three weeks now is that you need options on your bench who will be playing just in case your game is cancelled. But I think what you could certainly what you could do gotta consider this week is that if you are playing your free hit, you can take that take that risk. I'm gonna triple up on a couple of teams, I think, but then on my bench, I'm going to have players from completely different teams in the, in the other fixtures I haven't tripled up on, just in case there is that cancellation of the game. Yeah, I think that's very, very wise. If 
say if you're in a position where you're not sure whether you're going to free hit or not, I think that if you have nine players who are playing in this week, then it's definitely, I definitely would not be playing the free hit. I've only got five players. Um, so I have to free hit. I have to free hit. I'm going to take the chance that hopefully Man City game won't be cancelled. But if you're considering playing your free hit now, I think there's going to be a better chance this season. I really do think there's going to be a better chance this season to play that free hit. So if you've got nine players, I think nine is the benchmark. If you've got eight, I definitely think it's worth uh, getting a few points uh, points hits in just to get the players. Yeah. Especially Man City mm. players. You have to you have to have Manchester City players this week. Yeah. If you're, yeah, you're running risk if you don't massive, have to this week. Think, massive because... risk, um, but high risk, high reward. Imagine if they if they draw. I mean, they drew with West Brom a few weeks ago, and West Brom have been absolutely smacked by Arsenal and Leeds. Mm. So, I think it influences the captaincy choices as well. So, I think you could you we saw a couple of weeks ago when Spurs were playing Fulham, people were captaining his son, and then had Kane as the vice or vice versa. And then the game got cancelled, so they didn't have a captain. So I think you go for a captain from one yeah. game and then your vice from another Great one. Point. I think. So, for example, you could have Bruno as your captain and then Sterling as your vice or whatever. Just in case one of the game, two games is cancelled, you don't completely lose that, yeah, spot on. that captaincy. To finish this to finish this up, uh, we're going to do a points prediction each. Jack, how many points? I'm so, I am so vanilla when it comes to my points and I'm going for a 50 for the third week in a row. <laughs> I'm never going to ask you again, mate. Robbie? <laughs> I'm going to be the complete opposite of Vanilla. Um, I got 69 points last week, and that was without a goalkeeper. Um, I think, given Man City are probably going to score about six against Brighton, and I'm going to triple up on them. So long as COVID doesn't come in, I'm going to get 85 <laughs> points this week. So, considering that I was, a few weeks ago, I was forty over 40 points behind Robbie... Um, now I'm only 22 points behind him. I had 75 points this week, so gaming in on him. He's definitely looking over his shoulder because Birdman United is rising, rising, getting closer. So obviously I'm going to get more than him this week. It's going to be 97 <laughs> points with that free hit. Oh my goodness! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go big or go home. High risk, high reward. It could be a 32 point week. But it's going to be a 97. <laughs> Get your Man City assets in. We hope you've enjoyed Bird's Eye View this week on our blank game week coverage. Next time, it's all about the double game week. These co- these game weeks are coming thick and fast, aren't they, yeah. boys? And yeah, okay. with that, I'm going to be recording from Down Under. <laughs> I'm not going to try an Aussie accent because it's horrendous, but I will be flying there tomorrow. So looking forward to speaking to you from my quarantine hotel room. Fellas, it's been a pleasure as always. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to wish you good luck (laughs) for this game week. Um, Uh, I'm not going to need it. I'm going to need it. Give me all of your guys luck. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No chance that. Absolutely no chance that. But uh, yeah. All the best to our free hitters and our blank Game Week 18 managers. And we'll see you next time on the Bird's Eye View.